Lancelot of Rosie, yet to come deeper. Now just being tickled up. Deeper Lancelot Bromac. Call Me Divas badly held up. So too Prince Joy. Our Pepper Jack comes to the extreme outside. They're into the home straight. General Montana, this favourite, needs to fight hard. He leads a whole lot of Rosie. Lancelot Bromac deeper. A whole lot of Rosie. Lancelot Bromac. Lancelot Bromac. Lancelot Bromac. He's been able to score, beating a whole lot of Rosie, General Montana. Photo fourth, Prince Joy will call me. Dino. Just amazing, isn't it? I know we've spoken about him a few times. Chris Barsby, good morning. But Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Over 400 starts at Albion Park. He just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? It's just amazing uh, that he's 11 years young and uh, he, his attitude towards racing is just absolutely all-time at the moment. And uh, that was highlighted with that victory yesterday. He just sails down the outside, chimed in nicely. And he's going as well as ever. So, uh, what, he's had over 430 starts now. I think there's only one horse, and the horse that holds the record at Albion Park for the most starts is well known into Strayos, and uh, Lancelot Bromac now sits in second. So it's quite amazing. Only one victory of his was not recorded at Albion Park, and that was his maiden victory down at the Gold Coast, which is no longer here. All of his other victories have been recorded at Albion Park, it's quite astonishing. Stuart Dixon prepares Lancelot Bromac. He co-owns the gelding. And the other co-owner is a guy that we know well, real well, Steve, in Mitch Manners. And he joins us online now. Mitch, good morning. G'day, Chris. G'day, Steve. How are you? you load up yeah, yesterday? going well. Going well. Did you punt yesterday? I uh, had a little bit on, yeah. Yeah, I did think he was a silly prize. But um, uh, he's, he's sort of a... He's a horse that you you don't get too carried away with the with the punt with him. He's um, even though he's going well at the moment, we uh, you know his wins are pretty spaced, and you never go into the races too confident with him. But just that small field and how the race was going to pan out, uh, we we did think he was a good chance yesterday. I've got to ask the obvious question, Mitch. Uh, when you got involved in the ownership of Lancelot Bromac, and it's probably what over two years. So correct me if I'm wrong. Did you envision or envision that he was going to take you on a trip like he has, Lancelot Bramack? No, uh, to, to be honest, Chris, no. He was uh, he was going fair at the time when, when Stu approached me about him. And this is sort of how long ago back it is. It, it, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it's probably the last time I was in Brisbane. And he raced on a Saturday night. And Stu said to me, oh, the owner's sort of not too happy with his performances and... I might take him on myself and, you know, there might be a share available in him. So I uh, sort of left it for half a week and then Stu rung me when I was at the races one day and said, I'm taking this horse on, do you want to go 50-50? And I just jumped at it. And part of me sort of went, yes, I'll I'll jump in. And then the next start, I think he raced and he went only fair again. I thought, oh, you know, anyway, Stu said, oh, just leave it with me, he'll be right and... I think his second or third start with me, he won a Perseverance, which I don't, I don't think they even have anymore, Chris. Um, he won a Perseverance race on a Saturday night with Danielle Vivas, and he got up by half a head, and I thought, oh, well, that's his win, you know, like the field of six or seven, he got up on the line, which is typical his style. But, oh, well, I've, I've had my luck with him now, and, well, you know, that, that might see him out. But um, to, to think how good he's going at the moment, uh, I, I didn't I didn't see that coming two years ago, certainly, Chris. So how many races has he won since being under your sort of care as an owner? 
racing yesterday. So, um, yeah, the Perseverance one uh, was, was the first one. And then he won, Nathan Dawson drove him uh, to, to a win at Albion Park two two months later. I thought, oh, this is, this is uh, like the, the first one come around quick and then the second one come around, um, you know, a, a, about three or four runs later, to be honest. And I thought, oh, how easy is this game, you know? And and then he sort of went missing on on us for a while. And next time he lobbed was uh, at seventy to one because um, his form had sort of tapered off. And even Stu would say this: he's quite a quirky horse. Like when he um, even he's had his issues with going up to the gate the last few starts, and that's just him, you know. Like he, if he's if he's on, he's on, and if he's off, he's off, you know. But we only find out on race day. But um, we've we've sort of been quietly confident of how how he's been going of late, um, despite sort of not uh, chasing up to the gate as well as what he could have, you know. Mm. Are you surprised by his popularity? Uh, when I first got the the share in him, uh, I, I didn't I didn't realise how many records he was about to achieve, you know, two, twelve months, two years down the track, and. Um, I, you know, when he was sort of going through his bad patch there, um, we, 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 you know, you, you, you probably didn't think we'd be in this position with him. That, you know, I think it was the other day, it was 400 starts at Albion Park. And, you know, he's got the Strayos' all-time record in his sights now. And when you're thinking, when you look at those records 12 months ago or 18 months ago, they seem so far away. But when he starts racing well again, you're like, oh, well, they're, you know, he's he's uh, he's getting closer to those sort of landmarks, and it's it's um, they they get closer because you know you're enjoying racing him at the moment too. You know, each time he's going around, he's running a good race for us, and um, you know that that um, the sort of and Stu's never been one to to sort of worry about the record so much, but um, like like I said in the in the racing Queensland interview earlier in the week, it's just a couple of mates racing a horse and. He wins, he wins. If he if he doesn't, well, they're on again next week. So that's how we sort of operate. Yeah, fair enough. Now, eleven years of old, uh, eleven years of age. Um, he, he's a bit quirky, as you've outlined, and I'm told he's a bit grumpy. So, you know, like all of us, as he gets a bit older, he gets a little bit grumpy. But uh, he's got plenty of personality. This horse. Yeah, he does. He, and and. Um... It sort of took me, uh, you know, when I haven't seen him race in, in uh, when I've been an owner of him, but, uh, I, you know, every time he was in on a Saturday night and I was up in Brisbane, chances are I'd call in to, to Albion Park and watch him go around. And he's um, he's pretty cranky at the races, but he knows it's game day. Like, he's pretty placid at home, Stu, and Lorraine will tell you, he's you know, he's just, just a horse at home. But... Uh, when he when he gets off the float at Albion Park, he knows he's there to to, to mean business. And Stu always says like you got to keep your eye out to him at, at race day when he's gearing him up because he he's the boss, you know. And um, a- Angus is having a good association with him because he he knows his quirks as well and knows knows you know to to switch him on during the race. Like even yesterday at the half mile, he sort of took a bit of a drive to pick up the bit, but once he did, he started to travel up well on the back of the two favourites, and they, you know, fortunately took him into the race, and they were just running the, the right sort of tempo up front. He's a funny horse, Chris, like that. If they drop a... They could run a fast first quarter, a 27, you know, 28 first quarter, but if they drop a 
a 31, 32 second quarter, it, it generally means that's that's about his winning chances done and dusted. Um, you know, but, but yesterday it was 28, 29, 28, 29, and just the the consistent tempo of a race. He's you know that though doesn't matter to the class as as long as it's a consistent sort of a tempo, he'll be in the finish. But as soon as they drop in that that slow second quarter, that that sort of um, changes his his chances dramatically. Mm. Uh, there's no signs of slowing down either, by the look of it. Um, as we know, he's 11 years of age, and uh, you know the way he's going, um, he, he's going to keep racing for a, a number of months. By the look of it, it's probably his highest rating that he's had for a while too, Chris. So like this will, you know, he'll uh, he'll have to step up a little bit now. But uh, uh, you know that he probably went missing on us there for a while because. Uh, the Winter Carnival was so strong in Brisbane this year and the flow and effect was the midweek races were full of, you know, Derby and Oaks, hopefuls uh, and it looked quite funny, really. Like, he was up against two- and three-year-olds that had had three or four starts going to triads or Oaks or Derbies and here's old Lancelot Bromack with 400 starts next to his name. And, you know, like, it, it was it was a pretty tough winter there that, that, like, Stu was getting a lot of rain as well. I think one month there he might have got six or seven inches too, so his, his tracks weren't as good as what he, he likes them to be. And since the weather's improved and also, too, the class of the race on the Tuesday has, uh, even though it's the same rating band, they're, they're, they're a bit weaker at the moment than what they were during winter. Um, you know, we've got no reason to, to stop. And, and Stu's a big believer that the horse does improve during spring and summer too. So, again, he's a bit... He's he's an old man, so the, the, the cold winters at Caboolture would probably... Um, it's, probably doesn't, it's probably a reason why he doesn't have that big spring in his step like he does when it's 28 degrees or 30 degrees during summer. <laughs> Fair point. Um, tell me this. Uh, I know Stewie's had a fair bit of contact from... A lot of unknown people just reaching out, you know, saying that they like following Lancelot Bramack. What about you? Uh, you're in the public eye down there. You, you race broadcast uh, a heck of a lot. Have you had a fair few people to reach out saying, uh, I like following Lancelot Bramack? It, it's it's funny, Chris. It, it, it's probably since the records have started to appear and um, uh, also on the back of that, uh, you know, the, the, the better results, you know, every time that the horse wins, it... Um, it's like any racehorse owner, you don't mind gloating about it. So, you know, as soon as Dan Costello puts a photo up on social media, I'm quick to quick to like it and retweet it and say, oh, I've got a share in that horse, you know. But um, uh, I, I think that there is now a sense of, um, uh, that, you know, the entire sort of harness and, and even the Gallops community is saying, like, this this horse is almost unbelievable to, to think he's had this many starts and still winning races and, um, yeah, it, it's 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 like his fan club's building sort of every start he goes around, which is, um, as I said, it's quite special to be in, involved. But I, I've known Stu for something like twenty odd years, and I I didn't. Um, it was it was back in the sort of good old days of going to Albion Park as a kid, you know, ten ten eleven years of age, and Stu would be be there with you know he's always had a few good old horses that had, had won multiple races uh horses like thomas nitro and speedy lord i can remember them and she would be there he'd be in the first race but he'd be also the last one to leave nathan would be in charge of the horses from that point on after the first race 
And um, all, all those sorts of memories sort of come back to me when I'm uh, racing a horse with Stu too. It was it was, um, it was a really good time to be growing up in Brisbane. And, um, funny, you look on it now, the, the, the things that I was able to do at the trots back then you, you can't do because the landscape's just completely changed. Like I can't even get up to Brisbane at the moment. So um, as I said, that's that's part of the special journey that we've got. Like we've, you know, I, I'm... Uh, uh, sort of constantly on the phone at the moment to Stu sort of bugging him to get him, get him to another horse. There won't be another Lance, but I just, just really enjoy having a, having a horse with him and the fun that we have along the way. Well, he's certainly providing fun. It was a big 48-hour window for you across the weekend. Your beloved Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs finally won a game of football, held a team to nil, and then Lancelot Bromack wins yesterday. Life couldn't be any better for you right now. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. Uh, the, the daily double, as you uh, said via a text, would have been uh, quite special too. But uh, um, I, I, could, I could see Lancelot Bromack racing well yesterday, but I, I didn't see the, the, the Bulldogs putting 38 points on any side. Um, we might have just got the Tigers on the right day with uh, their troubles as well. But hopefully that's enough to, to springboard the boys into a, a better season mm. next year with... Um, Plenty of good signings coming to the club. It, um, it was a very long year there. but um, and, and also, too, Chris, just going back to, to Lance as well, like, um, he's, he's certainly uh, given me something to look forward to every week. You know, being in Sydney and lockdown at the moment, it, you know, you, uh, I haven't seen my family for about 18 months. And, um, you know, just tuning into a race every Tuesday afternoon to see your horse go around, it, it's... It, uh, it, it keeps your, your mind ticking over and gives you something to look forward to because at the moment like we're, we're doing it pretty tough down here and you know as long as racing's still going which it is it's you know we're, we're fortunate enough to get out of the house to go to work but um, small things like a, a horse racing every week is as I said, just just gives you something to look forward to at the moment. Mm. Mitch, just hold on the line because as we leave it this morning, I found his first race win. It was in 2012. Chris Barsby, the caller, and this was at the old Gold Coast track. He's still galloping, but are at the turn. Major Verde is now being tackled by Lancelot Bromack on the outside. Lancelot Bromack has race clear of Major Verde, then make mine red, and he's going to turn it all around today, Lancelot Bromack. Too good, one by three metres Yeah, that was line. June, Chris, 2012. You wouldn't have even remember that, would you? <laughs> I sound the same, though. You sound, yeah, a little bit younger. A <laughs> little bit younger. Pretty similar, pretty similar. <laughs> Let's have a chat to Shane Graham now, Chris, on Mobile Rolling. Shane, uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, plenty to talk to you about. Firstly, let's go back to last Saturday night. Mac Da Vinci, he won the Open. He was absolutely stunning, stopping the clock at 51-1. The, the first question I want to pose, the track record's 50.4. Was there any possibility that he could have given that a nudge if, if you had to chase him right out? Yeah, look, it's... um. You know, it's it's um, yeah, that's hard to say. I, I I do feel like he he did seem to do it very well within himself, and on you know, I I think he he quite possibly could have. Um, it was still you know a few a half a second there, but um, the way he done it in the eve, um, yeah, I'm I'm sure if we had a sort of let slide a bit more the second quarter, he he would have gave it a fair nudge. Well, this race was being touted as a two-horse war between Mac Da Vinci, your horse, and Crunch Time. Crunch Time doesn't even score up. 
Quarters of 27-7, 29-5, 26-9, 27. When did you realise crunch time wasn't going to be a factor? Yeah, I um, I had a look probably about 150 before we sort of um, said go. And I, I seen him, he was, uh, I think he was galloping and playing up a little bit. And then probably 50 before the start, I had a look around and could see him a long way back. So I, um, you know, immediately thought, oh, well, at least we'll... Um, be able to get a bit easier time than what uh, it looked like on paper, but um, he sort of ran along and was happy to sort of bowl himself. So I just sort of kept him where he was happy, and you know I was I was very surprised with the time he did go. So that last half, twenty six nine twenty seven, that's probably one of the quickest last halves we've seen for a long time. The other thing that stands out with this performance is the winning margin. You go around on a lot of open races at Albion Park. The free-for-allers don't win by margins like Mac Da Vinci did last week. No, that's right. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to drive some pretty nice free-for-allers and, you know, probably I don't think many would have run a half like that, let alone won that well. So, um, you know, it was quite a quite a fair effort to do what he did. He backs up this weekend? Yeah, he does, mate. Yeah, he... Um, I think he'll back up this week and then probably have a little freshen up. And, um, uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's been up here since the start of the carnival and he's raced most weeks. So he's done a good job. So I think, uh, yeah, he'll have a freshen up after that. All right. So what does the future hold then? The Inter-Dominion is in Sydney. Nominations close off at the end of this month. Uh, he's trained by Peter Hansen, better known as Mirrors and... Uh, is there any sort of talk about getting him back in Sydney and preparing him for the end of Dominion? But given the current situation down there with lockdown, how does it all play out? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Mirrors and Scotty McDonald, the owner, um, I think they're, you know, because it is in their backyard and he looks like he's sort of going to be taking that next step up to that class. Um, I think they're pretty, you know, keen to give him a shot at it and... Um, the way the, you know, the end of the Minion series, the three runs in a week and that, well, you know, he, he loves racing, so that'll suit him suit him down to the ground. So uh, I think that's where they're aiming with him. And, um, yeah, like you said, he'll, he'll have a little freshen up and then I'd say that's where they'll aim to go from there. Okay. This series could be a little different this year due to the complications because of the pandemic. How do you think he would measure up at that end of the Minion level? Yeah, look, he, um, you know, like he's, I'm pretty sure he raced in the chariots and he raced in sort of the main races in Sydney or like he's raced in the free-for-all there for a while against like King of Swing and that. Um, I think, you know, like speed-wise and that, he's definitely, he, he's fast enough to go with him. Um, whether he's sort of forward enough for that, um, as in like, you know, racing hard, hard sort of against the open ones. But, um, oh, I think he will, you know, like he's got a great attitude to racing. And like I said, the backing up, I don't think that'll be a problem, you know, like he, he sort of races week in, week out and, and it doesn't seem to affect him. So I think it will suit him. Okay. If he does return home, it might make life a little bit more, easier for you because yesterday at Albion Park uh, between races we had some trials and turn it up stepped out so obviously he's close to a return and he's at the open class level as well so it'd make life a little bit easier for you if you don't have to sort of juggle between both yeah that's right and throw LL Cool J in there as well so yeah. um 
you know, it's 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 uh it's definitely a it's a good position to be in, but um, you know, you can't drive them all, so it makes things a bit tougher. But um, yeah, like you said, if he's heading back home, well, that's one less to worry about, I guess. Okay, on turn it up with his trial yesterday. He was able to win, beating Crunch Time and Gerardo's delight, fifty-five-seven. He finished off in twenty-eight-two, twenty-seven-one. Were you happy with the effort? Yeah, I was. He, um, you know, he sort of just because he uh, got stood down his last start and that he had the trial. Otherwise, um, you know, he, he, I, I was sort of happy that they didn't have to go real hard because he wasn't ready for anything too serious, you know. But um, I was I was quite happy with how he, you know, zipped up that last quarter, even though he, he got it very easy, like he, he was entitled to. But um, mainly he pulled up well and felt good. So that's all you sort of worry about when it comes to him. Okay. Is he aiming towards the, the summer carnival features here, or are you looking at interstate features? No, I think his interstate days are over. Um, we'll just keep him at home and keep him local. Um, you know, it's sort of just with his issues and... He didn't have the best of trips last time. I think we'll just, you know, little fish are sweet. Okay. And you mentioned LL Cool J. How far away until he's back at the races? He's still a little bit off. He um he had a little bit longer off than um turn it up, so he's just jogging at the moment. So he's he's um he's still a few, you know, probably a month, six weeks away. Are you excited about his future? Because as it stands, he's only a fairly New addition to the stable. What he achieved during the Tab Constellations was uh, unbelievable in many ways. So are you excited by what the future holds with this guy? Because I'm certain you probably haven't reached the bottom of this guy just yet. Yeah, that's right. No, he um, he's definitely got a lot of upside to him. He, um, you know, like he, he sort of, he's run Redcliffe Cup, you know, I, I was wrapped with. And then his two runs in the free-falls, like... Um, he run third to King of Swing from a horror draw, and then he had a terrible trip in the Blacks of Faith and still managed to run fifth. Um, you know, any sort of luck in that race, and I think he could have won it, you know. So um, definitely a lot of upside, and he looks like he's going to, you know, this season's going to have a lot of fun with him. Yeah, absolutely. Just one final one before I let you go this morning, just going back to Saturday night, just looking at that field, that free-for-all with Mac Da Vinci, I tell you what, there's a chance that the track record might be in some sort of jeopardy this week. Over a mile, you've got Will the Wizard, who went 51-9 last week. Tommy Lincoln's a noted speedster. Crunch time lines up again, so there's plenty of pace. They'll be they'll be hiking along in this. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't think he'll be um, he'll be strolling to the front like last time. That's for sure. So um, you know, they're definitely uh, the speed's going to be on. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we look forward to seeing you across the uh, the next couple of days. Plenty of racing coming up at Albion Park. Appreciate the time this morning. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Shane Graham joining us. Uh, just going back to yesterday's results, one of the other star performers that stepped out at Albion Park yesterday was the three-year-old cashed up. He started a long odds on favourite. He was able to charge down the outside and score for Gemma Hewitt with Brendan Barnes taking the winning drive. His time was 153.8. He's a son of four, a reason cashed up. And as we know, he's New South Wales Breeders Challenge eligible. So to find out more about the plans of cashed up, Gemma Hewitt, the trainer and owner and breeder of cashed up, is online with us now. Gemma, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Very well. Before I talk about cashed up, can we lay claim to you now being an adopted Queenslander? <laughs> yeah, for the time being, yeah, Chris, I'm here to stay. So that's the latest. Okay, so you've been toying with this, obviously, for some time now, but you've made a decision that you're not going to return 
back to Bathurst. You're here in Brisbane for the time being. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I planned a trip last year and COVID sort of messed everything around last year. But, um, you know, this year I come up for the for the derby with a three-year-old and I bought my whole team of horses and, and an open mind, you know, and, and no plans on what... Um, what the future held but you know I'm up here now and I've got all the horses in the team and everything's going well and yeah I think it just suits the team of horses I have at the moment and um everything's going well so I don't really want to return back to Bathurst at any stage soon yeah the weather's too good up here anyway yeah I'm glad I missed the winter it looked like a pretty awful one at home too yeah but it is exciting though going ahead you've got a nice team of horses you're doing a big job with them um it's just a whole new opportunity that that sort of awaits for you right now and hopefully you you can build on this yeah definitely and and that's what it is it's it's an opportunity for me to go forward i think as a trainer um you know at bathurst it's good but i'm really restricted at dad's farm he he has a big team of horses in work and i can probably only train less there than what i do here but you know i think my horses can beat better at a metro level here as well um being close to albion park and, and having the nice team of horses but it is really hard at Bathurst to compete down at Menangle on a, on a weekly basis and the travel and, and everything. So, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for my team of horses that I've got now and for me to um, go forward as a trainer. Is there a possibility that you could sort of bounce a few horses between here and, and back home with your dad? Horses that might be struggling down there, you can sort of rejuvenate them up here or if they're going too well up here, you can sort of chase some better prize money down in Sydney. Is that a possibility as well? Yeah, definitely. As, as you know, he comes up here every winter, Dad, and he, he usually brings a team of about 10 or 12. And, you know, I think he left uh, eight or 10 of them up here this year, you know, and just with different trainers. But it'll probably be something throughout the year that, you know, when he's got a horse that's ready to come, you know, he'll probably send it when it's ready and, and vice versa. You know, I've got my three-year-old and two-year-old for Breeders' Challenge, and I don't think I'll be going back um, just with the way that the borders are at the moment. So, you know, I'll send them back to him to race for the size stakes. And, yeah, and hopefully in time he'll have horses to send up to me as well. Okay. How many horses are you currently working up here right now? I've got eight right now, yeah. Okay. Are you looking for more or is eight a comfortable number? Eight's a pretty comfortable number for me, Chris. It's, I like to have a pretty small um, team and... And, you know, give them a lot of attention and everything that they need. And, um, you know, I'm at Jack Butler's too. So without impeding on, on them and their property, I think that's a good number for both of us. Okay. Let's talk about cashed up from yesterday. As I said, he is Breeders' Challenge eligible. Is that target still a possibility? Is he likely to go back to Sydney? Yeah, he will. He's um, The first heat in the Bathurst region was this week at Parks and, um, I, I didn't really feel the need for him to travel to parks. It's not a great track. And, um, you know, the other heat at Bathurst ends in five weeks' time from today. So I think he's good enough just to have the one crack at the one heat in Bathurst and um, he should hopefully qualify from that. So it's, it's such a long, drawn-out series. If he was to go for the heat this week, obviously, then it's nearly two months until the final and then he has a Breeders' Blue, which he's eligible for. So... Um, yeah, he'll definitely go, but as I said, I, I elected to miss this week's heat, and then and that way, you know, it's five weeks between heats, and he can stay here and have another couple of runs for me before he heads down there and has a go at the Bathurst heat on the 13th of October. Okay, another race that I'm keen to ask you about with Cashed Up, we know he's Derby standard. Uh, he raced in the Queensland Derby, raced in the, uh, the Recliffe Derby. He took on the Rising Sun, the big race during the carnival that kicked off the, uh, the carnival this year. 
the Victoria Derby is fast approaching. Has there been any sort of contemplation about setting in for the Victoria Derby or is that just too hard given the pandemic? Oh, I think it's just too hard, really, given the circumstances at this stage, Chris. And, and he has had quite a big year. He had Bathurst and the New South Wales Derby and then obviously the trip to Queensland and um, back for Breeders' Challenge. So I think that'll probably wrap up his season after Breeders' Challenge. And as I've said, he's Breeders' Blue eligible too. So if he doesn't pick up any major money throughout the series, that that's obviously his main target, that Group 2 race the week after Breeders' Challenge. But that's heading into the first week in November then as well. So... I think that um, we'll, we'll skip Victorian Derby, um, just given the circumstances and the travel and, and um, yeah, give him a break after Breeders' Challenge. Sure, fair enough. The, the, the obvious aim for him as a four-year-old next year, is it to go back to the rising sun? Yeah, definitely. As I said to you before, he was good enough to go in at three, so I can't see why he won't be there at four. And, um, yeah, he'll be back up here then, so can't wait. Yeah, he's a big boy, so with that time off, he's going to keep growing and uh, he'll keep developing, no doubt. Yeah, and I said that to Brendan after the race yesterday, you know. I said, I, I can only see him getting better from here, you know, as a four-year-old next year because he's such a big boy and he's quite a lean sort of horse. So, you know, the, the older he gets and the more he develops, I, I can only see him getting bigger and stronger as well. Yeah. Speaking of big horses... One of my favourites, Rock Fisherman. He's now under your care. He finally delivered on Saturday night. He got the job done. Long overdue. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was going really good for Dad while Dad had him up here and I was lucky enough to be left with him. And it was only a matter of time before he broke through. And um, he's been on the OD the last two weeks, but that didn't stop him the other night. It was a, it was a really tough performance on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. So you're a proud Queenslander now. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's it. All right, great to hear. Uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, great to, to know that you are going to be staying here in Queensland. You've got a really nice team. You do a super job with them. And good luck with Cash Start when he heads back to Sydney for that Breeders' Challenge series. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for the time and thanks for all the support. It means a lot.